0: Okay. Uh, Should I start again? Uh, Thank you. Well, I was uh, born in Berlin, Germany, and I was, of course, during the Second World War, and uh, uh, a lot of uh, dads and men were missed in action or fallen in action, and I remember when I was a teenager, a lot of men came back, and this was after seven years that uh, you could legally get married again if the, the men didn't show up or whatever. And I can remember walking, many others too, and uh, finding out whom do I look like. Oh, do I look like my dad or his, his temperance or whatever it might have been. And many times a sadness came over me. You know, everybody, you know, some of them, they remarried, married, they had daddies, and I just didn't have one. And then I came to the, I want to make a long story short, and I came to this country, and one day I took a walk. And was worshiping God, and and hallelujah, and praise you, Lord, you are so good to me. And I was just, there was something in my heart. God spoke to my heart with this beautiful, still voice as to say, you maybe didn't have a father. You did have a father, but he died. You never got to know him. But you have a heavenly father. I want to be your Abba father, your Papa daddy. And and I just stood there, and I was so perplexed. I was just, I like to call it a heavenly visitation. And I just stood, and I just sobbed my heart, and I said, God, you have left me that much to let me know there is this beautiful intimacy, this, 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 uh, I, this caressing, this, this, this love so divine. And it took me a while. I, I forgot where I was because it was so beautiful. So I, the only thing I can say, hallelujah. So, and I just want to go and say, every, each and every one of us have a daddy. We used to call him God, but God became a father. He's our heavenly father. And my hope and my prayer today is that you would say yes to him and he said I want to get to know you. I want to love on you. Because he has loved us with an everlasting love. And that's my hope and prayer for you. On Father's Day, even you man, you have a heavenly Father. Embrace him. And listen to that still voice when he talks to you. It's all great. Hallelujah.
1: We can even be so far removed from what we know. We can be removed from our homes. We can be birthed in middle of a world war, Father, and yet you are there and you love us, and that even when we didn't know you were there, even when we didn't know you existed, that you still were there whispering and calling us and guiding us to you. Father, I pray this morning that every heart would be open, and we began to realize that you have been here the entire time and that you have been guiding us and you have been directing us and you have been calling us and you have been waiting for us to respond to you. Waiting for us to quit running and trying to do things in our own abilities, and our own strengths running from your perfect love, trying to find acceptance, trying to find love in every place but the one place that it can only truly come from, being you. Father, I pray this morning that we would, we would open ourselves up, that we would receive that love that you have for us. And that we would allow that love to fill us, we would allow that love to transform us, and we would allow that love to flow out of us that you might be glorified, that your perfect will might be done, that the ashes of our lives might see beauty and purpose come out. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So happy Father's Day to our fathers that are here this morning. Happy Father's Day to fathers who are listening on the podcast. We're finally getting that up and started again. We've got a lot of people who travel or work weekends, so we're making sure keep everybody on, on the same page. This is a holiday, kind of like Mother's Day, we've talked about from time to time, and it's one of those holidays that for for many people, for some people, obviously for Evan, this is the highlight of the year, you know, his kids come in and, and he gets to hear how great he is, you know, and he deserves it, he's a good guy, he's a good guy. I'm sure we'll talk to him later and they'll give us the, the scoop on all this his faults, but... Uh, for others in the body of Christ, it's not always a fun day. There's a lot of people all across the the country that will probably hide in their homes. They no, won't even look on Facebook. They don't want to see Happy Father's Day. It's a reminder of of pain. It's a reminder of of disappointment. It's 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 a reminder of abandonment. And it's hard for us sometimes to connect with the love of a, our heavenly Father when. We don't all have the 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 same base and understanding when our earthly fathers have maybe been imperfect. Even the best fathers in the world, even even an, an Evan Fisher here is imperfect. You don't have to nod too much agreement, Andrea. But the reality is that we have our God the Father. And there are aspects of, of fatherhood that, that are reflected. I mean, fatherhood in itself is to be an aspect that reflects God's image into his creation, that reveals God's heart to humanity. Just as we talked about within the, the, the form of motherhood, God made him male, made the male and female. And it's in those two images, it's in those two uh, workings together that God is fully. Uh, reveal to humanity. And, of course, we talked about one of the aspects of motherhood is, is, is birth. And we talked about how that, that aspect of motherhood reveals a purpose, a part of God's will for humanity that we birth forth creation, His will into the world around us. And that applies to all of us, male and female. And likewise, in the, in the, the role of fathers, We also see reflections of God's heart and His will for humanity, part of His heart and His will for us. So this morning we're going to, there's many different things we could look at, but today we're going to look at a, a few traits, particularly of our Heavenly Father. A few traits that all of us, male and female, are to learn, we're to absorb, and we're to live out in the world around us as the Holy Spirit enables and gives us opportunity Oftentimes we think of, okay, well, here, here's the mom and, and she, she teaches the daughter and here's the dad and he teaches the son. And the reality is to be healthy, to be, to be walking in the fullness of who God's called us to be, we need to learn and grow from both the parents, male and female. And so there are fatherly attributes that also apply to, to women here. So don't think you're off the hook this morning. You know, my daughter, it's Silas, he kind of takes after his mom a little bit. He looks a little bit more like her. His personalized a little bit more like her. Uh, Amira, I mean, they're each unique. She, obviously, at, I walk through Walmart and complete strangers like, there's no denying that one. Wasn't trying to. <laughs> Got a ring. <laughs> but it's neat to see her personality and, 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 and see there are kids that they, they learn from both Hillary and I, both positive and negative things, and I won't get into those stories. But we all know and we've all seen, whether in our own personal lives, family members' lives, or, or television, we've all seen examples of, of what fatherhood isn't supposed to be. We've seen through experience or even an absolute absence of fathering. In fact, it's kind of a large, it's a very big problem in our American society right now. We have large segments of our society that have been raised without any involvement from fathers. We have one to two generations of boys and girls raised without an understanding of what a father should be. And we have a large population of of men in our society who are stuck in the mental and emotional state of the average 15-year-old boy. If a 15-year-old boy is not given any limitations in life, we've all seen adolescents, and some of us were were boys, and I, thinking back in my own mind, thank God I had godly parents who steered and directed me, uh, because for all the potential I had to be a pastor, I have to not be way over there. We're all like that. The potential that we have to do great things for God, we have the potential to do the opposite. And if a 15-year-old boy, as we many of us know and have seen, if they're not given limitations in life, but instead given the same access and privileges to the things of this world as an adult, they turn, which is what happens. We have adult men walking around. They have the privileges of an adult that our society gives, yet they're stuck in the mental state of a 15-year-old boy. They turn into insecure selfish and self-destructive individuals who never think about their future or current responsibilities, and they blame their failures on everyone else but themselves. Some of us work with them. Unfortunately, we have a lot of men in our society who don't like to work because of this attitude, but sometimes we work with them. Maybe we have been them. Maybe we are. We have one to two generations full of men stuck in this mindset And not only that, but we have many women and girls also spanning a couple generations who, because they have never received healthy, fatherly, male, non-sexual attention, they run from one bad and abusive relationship after another, devaluing and objectifying even themselves in the hopes of grabbing whatever fickle male adolescent attention they can get. We see this. We have have a lack of understanding of what fatherhood is. We're missing a huge half of the heart and the image of God in our society. We have many wonderful mothers who are trying to pick up the slack or trying to do what they can, but the reality is there are aspects of motherhood, there are aspects of fatherhood that is best revealed through a mother and through a father. So what are a few of the traits of our Heavenly Father that we as earthly fathers are to have, to model, and to teach? And though we may not have our, our earthly fathers, we have our heavenly father. One thing is amazing about being part of the body of Christ is God puts godly men in our lives to be fathers. There are wonderful, mature believers, men in this in this body, who will be more than happy to sit down over a cup of coffee and listen to your heart and give you wise, godly advice. We're never alone. God does not leave us alone. That's why we have the body of Christ. So what are a few of these traits of our Heavenly Father that we as earthly fathers are to have, model, and teach? These are traits that all of the body of Christ, male and female, that we are to have. These are traits of God the Father demonstrated through Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. We're going to look at a few little verses here. Paul's writing to the Ephesians, addressing some daily life issues and uh, specific problems they had unique to their church in Ephesus. But in this verse here, it applies to the church universal and says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. This is a very practical advice, very godly advice that we're receiving here. Do not provoke them to anger by the way you treat them. Fathers, do not stir up resentment and anger in your children against you. See, how we treat our children, how we treat our wives, how we treat other members of the body of Christ, how we treat our neighbors... It creates memories and it cultivates experiences and emotions that help shape and form them. How we treat our children creates memories and experiences and emotions that will shape them. As husband and wives, how we treat one another, how we speak to one another, will create memories and experiences that help form and shape one another. We can say we love someone all we want, but is our actions and behavior towards others in such a way that it will enable them to either experience love or will it instead, will they experience resentment and anger? The way we say something is just as important as as what we say. In this society, it was patriarchal. It was, as a Roman citizen, as a male, you had your rights. You were the man and here was the wife and here were your children and then you know your servants were somewhere in there and, and what you said, it, it didn't matter how you said it or if you were right or not, if you said it, it was law and it had to go into place. And sometimes we say things the wrong way because we think we have the, the right to because of what we're saying. Well, I have a right to say what I'm saying. But what Paul's saying is you may have a authority, you may have a right, but how you exercise it. Paul's saying is you don't have the right, you do not have the authority to destroy, to put down. Christ flipped the world's structure upside down. No longer were fathers supposed to be uh, in the structure of Caesar, giving out orders and commands and... and making everyone subservient to him, but instead the role of the father revealed through Christ is that true fatherhood, true fathers are to act in love and servanthood and to enable and build and give their families the memories and the experience and the the model of love they need to grow into who God is calling them to be. But a very practical thing we can take from this as well is the way we say something. Yes, we, we may be correct in what we are saying. Yes, we are to discipline our children, and, and yes, this applies to mothers as well. But the spirit and attitude in which we do it, the spirit and attitude in which we discipline our children, the spirit and attitude in which we speak even truth, will either help strengthen our children or tear them apart. Even doing something, speaking truth, even discipline, good things done in the wrong way can be destructive rather than, than building them up. I had to get a little personal here. I had to learn this myself. You know, I was always, uh, I'm a, and most of you know, I love joking around and. I used to be, I still think I'm a very patient person. My wife said something's changed a little bit as I've gotten older. But you don't really know, you know, I, I knew from my past job in Minneapolis that that there's certain things, I'm really, really patient about certain things. But when it comes to direct defiance, I don't have a short fuse, I just have a detonation switch. <laughs> and I, I learned that in my, I guess my job, I had to work, kind of a hands-on security position in Minneapolis and there would be drunks and and I'd be really patient. I had a guy thank me for kicking him out of our building once. you know. He's like, your, your mother did such a great job with you. I'm like, hey, thanks, man. Come back when you're sober anytime. But there were other instances where patient walking along and the guy turns and gives me the good old F you or, or uh, puts his foot down. I'm not going anywhere. And there would just... It's like the cartoons you've seen where the little, the little mushroom cloud goes off and, and, and just this coursing surge of righteous indignation and anger surged through my body and, and maybe their door opened a couple, their face opened a couple doors. Um, maybe. Yeah, your pastor has another side to him. Not saying it's good, just there's another side. When you're getting paid to deal with a drunk... It's not necessarily good, but you can get away with it. When you're dealing with a two and a half year old son, you can't have that detonator switch. I had to I had to learn that, and you know he's and Silas he's a sharp little guy, and so he's you know he's uh, he, he's got his alphabet learned you know early on, and you can you carry little conversations with him, and and uh, but he's still you know he's still two and a half. He was still two and a half. And each child's different, and each child's personality is different. And just throwing out some practical father advice here, and things that I'm learning. I knew, but you, you know some of this stuff. You can read books, but you still relearn it. You're still gonna have to relearn it. And he was he was just kind of going through a little phase. I don't know what it was. And and in, in my mind, I'm like, is this is simple? I say, don't do this. You don't do it. Life's good. It's so simple. If only he, his little two-and-a-half-year-old mind could grasp that. But it wasn't that simple to him. And a little kid has emotions and they have thoughts that they can't communicate yet. And my thick head doesn't quite get that because it's so simple. You just do what I tell you to do. And so when he didn't, you know, and I, and, you know, I was uh, growing up, you know, you, we didn't have to get disciplined a lot. We you know, I like to think I was the kid that got it, and I did what I was supposed to do. But there were times, you know, and our, our family wasn't—they uh, weren't. My parents weren't harsh, but we were disciplined, and and you know, you you did what you were told. And I didn't realize how there was something inside of me that was God was going to have to soften and break. And so I was I was being strict with him, you know, because I'm in my mind, if if this two and a half year old doesn't figure it out now, he's going to run up. And as an adult, he's going to, you know, he's going to be horrible. You got to shape and mold him now. He's two and a half. (laughs) There's an element of truth to that. But then, so I'm being, you know, I'm just like no leniency, you know, like just cracking down. It's like a week. And I noticed he's just kind of like he's just agitated and he's just something's bothering him. And the Holy Spirit started speaking, and I realized God saying, you need to talk to him. You're not correcting him the way you need to for him and for his personality. And I think Hillary said something, too. Sometimes, oftentimes, the Holy Spirit will speak through your spouse. That's the way it works. And so I was putting him to bed, and I was leaning over his bed, and I was like, "Say, hey, buddy, how's it going? Can we talk? Okay. Like I said, he's, he's a sharp little... Well, two and a half, maybe he was three, I don't know. What's the matter, buddy? And I'm thinking he's going to be, no, nothing. He's like, daddy? Yeah, he's like, you scare me. That breaks your heart. It should. You know, I think I'm just being what a good father should be. And I realized there's aspects to each and every one of us and, and that 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 detonator switch needed to go. At least in how it regarded to my son. And I began to realize that I needed to yes, he needed correction. Yes, his behavior was unacceptable. But I needed to learn patience. I needed to be more loving in my correction, and I, I began to realize that the correction I was giving was not coming out of a heart of love, but it was coming out of a heart of pride. It's pride that says, How dare you defy me? It's pride that says, It's it's my way or the highway. I wasn't upset that he wasn't doing what he needed to do. I was upset because he was defying me. Romans chapter two, verse four Paul says to the Romans, Do you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Now, of course, Paul was writing to the Romans to to remind them that they were taking advantage of, Of God's love they were taking advantage of his kindness and his tolerance and that that God gives us this and to To so that we can have that freedom to let go of everything in life That's holding us back and just accept him and accept his love. That is why he is kind He is tolerant and patient because he wants us to be with him who wants to be with a father with a God who is Domineering who is oppressive and who's only concerned about me and and how I feel but we can also take from this verse what the heart, we get a glimpse of Paul saying, this is the heart of your heavenly father. Why wouldn't you want to be with him? Why wouldn't you want to listen to him? He's giving you no reason not to listen to him. See a few traits here of a, of a father. One, kindness. We forget it's, it's his kindness that leads us to Repentance. Yes, we serve a holy God. Yes, He desires for us to be holy as He is holy, but we forget He's the one who does the work. We can't earn His love. We can't earn holiness. And it's not a fear of, on that day of judgment, and yes, there's the, the, the side that society, all those who oppose God and, and His beauty and all that He wants to do, there will be an accounting. There will be judgment. But that's not why we run to God. If we say we believe in God because we we don't want to go to hell, then we don't know Christ. We don't know the Father. We don't know his kindness. We don't know his love. It's His kindness. It's that knowing that even though we don't deserve His love, knowing even though we are so far removed from Him, so far removed from His plan and His will, that He's there. He's waiting for us. And all we have to do is turn and step to Him. A lot of times people, they we, we say, I don't want to really go to the church yet because I'm not ready. You know, I got some things I got to work out. I want to burn the place down. It's not this God saying... Come here, so I can spank you. That's the image we get. We get that our father's saying, come here, come here, I love you. Come over here. Whoom! For some of us, that's what we grew up with. For some of us, we didn't. But the reality is, God isn't saying, we may need a spanking, don't get me wrong. But I'm guessing, if you're walking outside of God's will your own decisions, and the world around you is doing a pretty good job of it already. And God's saying, come here. I want to clean you up. I want to love you. I want to fix your broken heart. You know, my, my daughter, when she, she's, uh, she, she's milking it a little bit cause she knows her time's coming. The baby's coming, and, and mama's already a little big to, to, to carry her too often now. Every chance she gets, we've got these steep stairs. She can fly up and down them. Even this morning, she's got her little dress on. It's like, let's go. I look up there, she's just standing there, look at me. Carry me, daddy. I'm not going to get that forever. So yeah, I go up and I get her and I carry her. But that's what God wants for us. He just wants us to come to him and say, carry me to quit trying to carry ourselves, to quit trying to run away and quit having this idea that we can't go back to him because when we do, he's just going to punish us and we're going to be rejected and it's just going to be like everyone else in the rest of the world in our lives. There is kindness when we come to him. As fathers, we need to model that kindness. As believers, we need to model that kindness to the world around us. People despise and curse those who lead them by fear. People follow and admire those who are kind to them. Tolerance. This isn't a tolerance that says, yeah, do whatever you want, I'm okay with it. This is a tolerance that says, even though you are doing everything that is breaking my heart, even though you're doing everything opposite of what I've called you to do, even though you are so far removed from the purposes and the plans I have for you. I want to be with you. I want to love you. We're not perfect. We miss the mark on a lot of things. But God tolerates a lot from us. A lot of times as believers we we, we think, well, we're good. We're reading our Bible. We're doing this. We're doing that. Sometimes we... We fail to realize how tolerant God really is with us. And we need to share that with the world around us. Our lack of faith, our ungrateful attitudes, our complaining. These are things that God puts up with. He still allows us to be part of his body, to be his children. We need to give that to those around us. And yes, while there, there are things that God won't tolerate in our lives, Proverbs three twelve. for the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. But there's a sense of, of it's because of His love, His delight. When, when we are, say we want God's will in our lives, And we want his love. We can't be surprised when we try to do things outside of his will and it doesn't work out. And it doesn't go well. We can't be surprised when the Holy Spirit brings that conviction and we're like, oh. But it's because he loves us. There's There's a sweetness in that correction though. Patience. God is so patient with us. Many of us here today, we, have, we all have our own stories. Some of you can testify say, I would not have given me that much time to come around. Some of us say, you know, I was, I was walking with God and I, I was holding his hand and then like a spoiled little brat, I just let go and I ran across the carnival of life. Running towards the cotton candy and the, the, the vans with the sign that says, Free Puppy. That's what our lives are sometimes equatable to. We run towards everything that can destroy us, and we think, "Man, if that was, if I was my child, you know, if, how how did God have the patience?" And knowing that God sees us and imagine as he's following us and we have that free will and he's following us from one bad choice, one bad decision, one heartbreak, one destructive moment after another, weeping and crying, saying, Child, won't you come back to me? Are we willing to receive that patient love? Are we willing to extend that same love to those around us or do we write them off? Our Father is kind He is tolerant. He is patient. We are His children. We are to have these same traits in our lives, in our relationships. But most importantly, the one trait that makes all the others possible, the one that sums up all of these things, the one trait that sums up the Father in His heart for us that was demonstrated in Christ, and that is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. God has demonstrated all of this with us. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged when we accept God's forgiveness, when we accept what Christ did on the cross for us. Those wrongs are wiped away. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. This is. This is the love in which our Father loves us. This is the love He desires to put inside of us. This is the love that we are to share and allow to be poured out of us into the world around us. This is the love in which we are to serve our families with. This is the love that we are are supposed to allow God and His body to love us with. We can't give love. Till we first receive his love. Romans 8:39, no power in the sky above or in earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That love never ends. But there is such a tragic, tragic reality with this truth. Is though that love never ends, though. Wherever we go, He never stops loving us. We have to choose to be with Him. We have to choose to accept that love. That love is never ending, it's always there. But if we don't accept it, if we don't step into it, God doesn't separate us from his love. He doesn't separate us from his presence. We separate ourselves from God's love. We separate ourselves from God's presence. There's nothing that can remove it. There's nothing that can hold us back if we simply choose to accept it. Many of us, we haven't had, I have had a wonderful, wonderful father and I'm blessed to have had and who's, taught me many things. Was he perfect? No. The biggest thing I learned from my dad is that his greatest desire is that we would know our Heavenly Father's love. The greatest gift he as a father could could give us and he poured into me and my three brothers was to first know the love of the Father. Psalm chapter 68, verse 5. Our God is, verse 5, a father to the fatherless. Defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. We are not without a father. We are not without love. We are not without everything that comes with it, that kindness, that patience, that love, that correction. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is alive and working, that you speak to us. But I pray this morning that there may be some of us here, we feel as orphans. We feel that we're been rejected we've been hurt we've been we may not even know who our fathers are we don't know how to love we don't we don't know we don't trust we're afraid to allow you to love us because what if some for some reason you the only person we know can change us refuses to love us back But Lord, we know from your word that that is not true. We know that your love is never ending, that your love never fails, and that you are simply calling us, asking us to come to you. No matter how far we've wandered, no matter how many times we have let go of your hand, no matter how many times we have skinned our knees and we've brought tragedy upon ourselves in this life, We know that you are here right now. Your Holy Spirit speaking to our heart and you're saying, let me pick you up. Let me love you. Let me cleanse you. Let me heal you. So Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And I pray right now, if anyone's in that place, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Now is the time to say yes. Say yes, God, I will take hold of your hand. Yes, God, I will allow you to carry me. I will allow you to love me. I know we normally... Don't do this very often here unless the Holy Spirit's leading us to. But I just feel there's got to be some people here this morning that you need that. You need to know the Father's love. You need to feel the love of God again in your life. If that's you, feel free to come forward right now. We will pray. This thing about being part of the body of Christ is we share one Father, it makes us brothers and sisters. We can be there to to enjoy that love together. We can be there to encourage one another. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let you hold yourself back from the love of God, from that love of a Father.